Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 165, and my name is Jeff. Now, my co-host Dave, that you know and love, we're changing things up a little bit this week. He recently had an opportunity to sit down with a young woman named Erin who experienced incredible tragedy in her life and yet is a walking testimony of how God can bring you through the darkest of dark points in your life. Now, Erin's story, as she's going to describe tonight on the show, sounds a little bit like this. She was married to her husband, John, back in August of 2002, and they settled down in a Midwestern Wisconsin city, began enjoying and contributing to a community that they had loved. John loved God, his family, and serving others, and was known to many as a big fellowship junkie. John and Aaron's family grew, as did their love for God and their involvement in their church and community. Olivia, their oldest child, demonstrated a real love for God and people and would often be found in the middle of a conversation with adult friends about God, eternity, and other topics that seemed to set her apart. Those who think of her today might actually have a tear in their eye and a smile on their face as they remember her loving and sincere heart. She was quiet, but she was silly and one that was cherished by her family and her friends. On May 3rd, 2015, their lives changed forever as they went on an early spring walk and a random act of violence temporarily separated this family and it left Aaron fighting for her life. The extreme pain of separation has given Aaron an understanding of God, his love, and his healing power. Although Aaron's story has many chapters to complete, she candidly shares with those willing to listen where hope can be found. Let's begin. Here's Dave with Aaron. Hi, we're here today talking to Aaron about some very interesting things that happened to her life. You know, as you as you think about life and our relationship with God, I say something all the time, and, and I want to just start by saying it again. If uh, you're disappointed in God, you don't know him. If you're angry with God, you don't know him. If you just intentionally disobey God, you don't know him. Uh, I know I keep going back to the same issue. You, you need to know him. But he's not a, a sugar daddy in the sky, but he's God. And that means something. I, I want to talk to Aaron today about a story, her story, about some things that happened in her life. I think we all need to learn some lessons from what happened and find some encouragement and some some exhortation, possibly, from the things in her life that she had to go through that God assigned her. And, and by the way, as we think about assignments in life, you go through the Bible, and there are many who have had assignments that they wish probably they didn't have. And when you think about someone like Stephen, who listened to God, and he ended up getting beat up pretty badly. You, you look at the Apostle Paul, who was martyred by Nero. Sometimes we have things happen in our life that we look back on and say, boy, that that wasn't pleasant, that moment. But in the long picture, there's a different picture that's painted. And that's what I'd like Aaron to talk to us about. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the studio today. Hey. Can you, can you tell us, I'm, I'm talking about a story 
about your family going out for a walk. Can you tell us what went on on this day that we're talking about? Well, the day started off, um, it was a Sunday. It was actually, um, it was a beautiful day that day. We went to church and the two younger kids went to Sunday school and Olivia always liked to sit with us in church. And so... Olivia is your daughter? Yep. Okay. Olivia is my daughter. And Olivia sat on one side of me and John sat on the other side of me. And I just remember I had a moment during worship where I looked up at John as he was worshiping and I looked down at Olivia as she, she was worshiping. And I just thank God for them because I just felt so blessed to have such a wonderful family. And I'll never forget that moment that God gave me. As the day went on, John had a a family get together and I ended up having to work. So I went to work for a few hours. And then after work, I was sitting in a cold environment because the AC was on and it was so nice out. And I got back home and I just said, hey, let's let's go to that park where we can go for a walk and the kids can play. And so we just decided we're going to go do that because it was such a beautiful Sunday evening. And so we got to the park and took the kids to the bathroom and saw some people we knew. And we decided to walk across this bridge, which went over the water. And it's an old railway that was turned into a bridge. Come back and let the kids play on the playground. Well, we made our way over there and I remember Olivia was a little upset with me that it, we went and I kind of spontaneously and um, she was wearing shorts and it was so windy. Um, it was beautiful, but it was really windy. And she's like, Mom, I wish she would have told me uh, what it changed. And anyway, I got her to laugh and we just kind of giggled as we walked across the bridge and we got to one end and it was spring. So all the bugs were out and it was really a lot of lake flies. So we looked over the side and there were some baby ducks and a family and and we decided to turn around and go back because we just didn't want to walk through all the lake flies. So as we were making our way back, um, my son had the dog with him and he was way up ahead and the girls were with us and um, we got about halfway down the bridge and something just didn't seem right and there was this man who was sitting or was near another man and this man other man was laying down on the bench and and John knowing him you know he wouldn't just walk away from something you know that didn't seem right and I kept kind of walking a little bit forward with my youngest daughter and my daughter Olivia stopped halfway in between John and I and um, this man walked up to John because John was walking toward him and he said to John I don't know what happened he just fell over and within a couple seconds later, the man pulled a gun out and shot my husband. And then he shot me. And then he shot all of you. And, you know, we all fell down and we got back up again. And at the time, I honestly didn't really take it all in what was going on. And But I just knew, you know, I needed to, this was my, my chance to get out of there and get help and so I took my youngest daughter by the hand and because I couldn't reach Olivia and John was too far away. And so I grabbed my youngest daughter's hand and we just started running and my son was up ahead and I caught up enough to reach my son 
And I said, you run up ahead and you go find someone to call 911. And he said, well, what happened, Mom? And I said, no, you just need to listen and you need to go. And at this time, I had no idea that the man was shooting at us as we were running. Um, And I got shot two more times and finally reached to the end of the bridge. Praise the Lord, my youngest daughter was not armed or my son. But when I got to the end, I started crying out for help. And a man that was standing next to a bike was kind of looking at me strange, like, what's going on? And I just tried to explain to him the best I could that there was this man, he had a gun, and my daughter and my husband are out there. And and as I saw the man start to go that direction, I just thought, oh, no, you know, I didn't want him to go out there. And I fell to the ground, and the pain of the gunshot that went through my stomach was so intense and that I stayed conscious the whole time. And thankfully, there was a lot of people there that took care of my younger two children, and they took me to the trauma center. And from then on, the first week was pretty much a blur. Mm -hmm. And your husband obviously died that day at the hand of this gunman. Yeah, my husband and my daughter both. And and so you told me, too, that uh, your youngest daughter, mm-hmm. you were holding her hand, but you had yeah. switched you had switched sides with her. Yeah. And before the shooting. Right. And was that an important move, do you think? I don't think I even realized I did it until, you know, later when I was playing it through my head. Because your hand got shot. Yes. My left hand got shot, and if she would have been on that side, that would have been her. All right, we're going to take a break here on HopeNet Radio. Stay tuned. There's more to Aaron's story when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. You can check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also on our website, HopeNet360.com, we do have live coaches available. So if there's something going on in your life and you just need to talk to somebody about what's going on in your world, you can chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. Now back to Dave. Hi, we're here today talking to Erin about some very interesting things that happened to her life. The first week was pretty much a blur. And your husband obviously um, died that day at the hand of this gunman. Yeah, my husband and my daughter both. And and so you told me too that uh, your youngest daughter, mm-hmm. you were holding her hand, but you had switched. Yeah. You had switched sides with her. Yeah, and before the shooting. Right. And was that an important move? Do you think? I don't think I even realized I did it until later when I was playing it through my head. Because your hand got shot. Yes. My left hand got shot, and if she would have been on that side, that would have been her. And, you know, in the midst of something so evil, you know, I believe God was was guiding me. Yeah. You know, I remember the next morning I got a call, and it was my daughter who was Olivia's teacher the year before, I think. And um, she told me what happened. Uh, I remember where I was sitting, and I I was just in shock. I was just sitting there trying to figure out why this kind of thing could happen, Mm -hmm. how this kind of thing could happen. You know, there are times in life where things that happen don't make any sense to anybody. And this was one of them. You didn't know the shooter at all, did you? No. No. People have asked me 
you know, did you have any nudge that something was, you know, going to happen or, you know, wasn't there any type of warning that went off and, and there was absolutely nothing. This was, we were totally blindsided by this and we were happy. We were out in what we would consider a safe place. And yeah. You know, I, I've talked to you several times since and um, have enjoyed getting to know you and understanding your heart and understanding your pain a little bit. And one of the, the interesting things is that you have talked about how God prepared you for such a moment. I'm wondering, you and your husband actually were in a great time in your relationship. Is that right? I mean, mm-hmm. you were you were just enjoying marriage. You were enjoying your family. Can you tell me a little bit how you think God prepared you for a moment like this? I think you don't realize, you know, when God's preparing you for something. When I look back. I can see his hand on so many areas of our our marriage and our life. And, you know, I've told many people that our last year was our best year. It was our, we've been married for almost 13 years before this happened. And, and we had a great marriage. I mean, he was a wonderful, wonderful man. And I mean, I don't know, I just, I, I really feel like God blessed us and got married young. We met really young, but... Our last year, I think it was the sweetest year and where we were just more intentional with each other, more diligent and loved to bless each other completely. And I don't know, God was just doing work in our hearts. And, you know, John was involved in a a small group for men that he just started as an accountability and prayer group. And he would go to that every Monday night. And about six months prior to this tragedy, he came home one night and he said, Aaron, um, I don't know what it is, but God has put it on my heart to pray for you. There's going to be change in your life. And I don't know what it is, but he just, I really feel like I need to pray for you. And he said that a few different times. When we ended up changing churches because we wanted to be more part of the community that we lived in. And we were kind of thinking, well, maybe that was it. Or we just, we really didn't know. And but he was, you know, faithful to pray for me and just to think, wow, he was praying for me for this and he had no clue, you know, mm. what was going to happen. Three weeks before losing them, there's a lady, a, a secretary at the school and her husband passed away from cancer and John would talk to her a lot and try to encourage her. And And when her husband passed away, John just really felt led to take Olivia to this funeral. He just, you know, he said, I I don't know. I just really think that she should experience this, a Christian funeral. And, um, and when he got home, you know, he was just, just beaming. And I'm like, well, why would you be beaming? You know, you just went to a funeral and he says, Aaron, Olivia and I had the best talk about heaven. It was just so deep. And and ever since that talk, Olivia, she just had so many questions about heaven. Mm. And we talked to people at her school and um, I don't know, she just, just how the Lord put that on her heart. Yeah, you know, as, as I've talked to you and others at the school and I was involved in coming down there and talking to people at the school and the thing that kept coming over across to me was Olivia was somebody who was way beyond her years in her thinking. (laughs) She was. (laughs) And she was beyond her years in her enjoyment of God Mm -hmm. and her desire to know God. From very little on. You know, as an old guy, I look at that and I think, 
you know, so many people get mad at God for this mm-hmm. sin in this world when really God was so carefully preparing Olivia for the moment that mm-hmm. sin was going to rob you of. And that's what sin right. does. It, it mm-hmm. separates people. Yes. And, and, and the sin of that man that day, the sin against God and against you, separated you and John and Olivia, at least temporarily. And uh, God was faithful before this happened. He knew it was going to happen. And some might say, well, God should have just stopped it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if there's no choice in this world, there's yeah. no love. Right. And if there's no consequences for choice, there's no love. And unfortunately, if somebody's going to sin in this world, somebody else and that person will suffer from it. And we have to learn to hate sin. Now, I think that makes total sense to you and and what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. When this happened, the the obvious question that I could ask that I'm comfortable asking you with at this point is, were you angry with God right away? Were you, what was your like initial response to God? You know, I don't feel like I was ever angry at God. You know, the the whys come into play, um, I think with anything, but the whys were, why me? Why our family? Why both of them? Why this way? But it wasn't that I was angry. It was just, I was in shock. I was confused. I was injured myself. I was in the hospital for 21 days. And I think it took a long time for it to actually feel like this really happened. Right. You know, and I was very protected in the hospital. And I think it wasn't until... I life really began to live without them, that it really settled in. And, you know, I as Christians, we think, you know, God will protect you and God will... We're not exempt from bad things to happen in our lives. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to our special edition of HopeNet Radio. DW had a chance to sit down with a young woman named Erin, and she's been sharing her story with you guys tonight. So if you have a question or you'd like to get a hold of us anytime on the show, you can jump on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you're out on Twitter. Or you can always shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. We would love to hear from you tonight. Send them to us at hope at hopenet360.com. Now back to Dave. Hi, we're here today talking to Erin about some very interesting things that happened to her life. The first week was pretty much a blur. Mm-hmm. And your husband obviously um, died that day at the hand of this gunman. Both, yeah, my husband and my daughter both. You and your husband actually were in a great time in your relationship, is that right? I mm-hmm. mean, you were just enjoying marriage, you were enjoying your family. When this happened, the, the obvious question that I could ask that I'm comfortable asking you with at this point is, were you angry with God right away? Were you? What was your like initial response to God? You know, I don't feel like I was ever angry at God. As Christians, we think, you know, well, God will protect you and God will... We're not exempt from bad things to happen in our lives, you know. And I just remember it was one day in the hospital, John and I were supposed to be in this wedding. He was supposed to be the best man and I was one of the bridesmaids. And it was two days after their funeral and I was still hooked up to everything and stuck in the hospital. And 
I just remember sitting there going, wow, or they get to begin their life together and mine my, with my husband's has ended. And I just remember he spoke to my heart and he said, Aaron, do you still trust me? You know, and um, then I knew, yes, yes, Lord, I, I do trust you. And, um, you know, opening your heart to God and trusting him through this, I have seen his faithfulness through this. I have seen how he has used something so horrible for good. And I don't even know all of it. And I probably never will. But I've seen his love more than I've ever seen it before. I've seen his care. The word just jumps out. You know, you you read and every word feels so alive in the Bible. And I believe he's he's a good God. And I am grateful for the husband he gave me for Olivia, who was just an amazing, amazing child. And the fact that they both knew him personally, that I have no question of where they are. And like you said, it's the hardest part is the separation. Yeah. And and the thing is, and we know this, is that, that God makes it plain and clear that those who love him, the separation's temporary. Yeah. He's going to fix that mm-hmm. one day. Can you imagine the pain that God has because of the sin that separates us from him? Yeah. I mean, right now, you are living in a world, and all of us are, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to minimize, your story is unexpected and tragic, but all that experience death that are listening mm-hmm. are experienced the, the ramifications of sin, and they're separated from people that they've loved and they, they've enjoyed. And the only hope for anybody is a relationship with God mm-hmm. that comes through Jesus. That's it. There is no other hope. There is no other way to, to beat sin, because... This world is painful at times because of the sin. I encourage young people that I talk to when they're in positions such as, as you are to and not hate individuals, but hate sin and what it does to them mm-hmm. and not be entertained by sin and not be, I mean, let's, let's hate sin because sin does things mm-hmm. to us. You know, I've always said this, that, that Satan loves to work from the body to grab the mind. And God works the opposite way. He works on the mind to grab the body. Mm-hmm. Sin is somebody comes out and, and they just listen to their emotions and their feelings. And this this shooter that day had a probably a, a list of things that was probably wrong in his life. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he felt he needed to get out there with a gun and shoot people. And right. we know that, that that's sin and that's evil and that's satanic. And you know what? If you love God and walk with him, we realize this. And Satan can't even get you on that one. I mean, yes, the disappointment, yes, the sorrow, yes, the separation. We're not, we're not even meant to go through some of that. that. That's not how we were created. But we also know that God made it so that he will fix this thing. And that's where our hope is. And uh, I have so enjoyed talking to you through time because you have that. You have that hope. Not, mm-hmm. not to pretend, oh, everything's great right now because not, I understand that and we all do. Mm-hmm. But the hope that we can have that this can be fixed one day. And it can be. And even those who, who today, I mean, as I was listening to your first party, I was thinking, you were talking about God preparing you and preparing Olivia, preparing John for this moment. How tragic it would have been if they wouldn't have been listening when they should have been being prepared. Right. And I can't help but think there's people listening to us today, Aaron, that they should be in God's word and they should be enjoying God and they should be enjoying those that they love, but they're not. The future's coming. Yeah. The bottom line is I have God in my life and hope, and that is 
the key of me moving forward every day. I have two children, you know. I never imagined my life without John, without three kids. I never imagined being a single mom and having to raise them and not just raise two kids, but two kids that are mourning. And, you know, our family was pretty much split in half. But, you know, he has given me everything I need to get through. I mean, people are amazing. You know, I've seen so much good in people through this in the community and people that don't even know me and that just love on you and care for you and pray for you. And I know people say they don't know what to do. You know, I remember being on the other side of, I had a friend that lost her baby to SIDS and Um, I remember being on that other side and not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say after you say, did I say something wrong? And, you know, you have to have a lot of grace when it comes to being the one that people don't know what to say to you. And that's something I've learned big time through this. Yeah, let me me ask you that. Uh, This tragedy in your life was, um, in our area, it was big news. I mean, it's the kind of tragedy that you hear always happens to somebody else. Yes. Yes. You know, so when you know about it and you and it's you, it's one of those shocker moments that it happens. I imagine that people after this tragedy, your friends, people who love you, didn't know what to say to you. Oh yeah. They don't know what to say. They don't want to remind you of that moment. Mm-hmm. They don't want to take away you talking about it, but they don't know how to act. They don't know what to do. And that's got to make it even, for a different word, weirder for you. Mm-hmm. Awkward. Be- because there's, a, there's an elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this did happen. I can remember the first time we talked about it, and I, I was so thankful that you, that you talked about it because it was important that you did to me, that you could talk about it and realize that, yeah, a bunch of us think this stinks. Mm-hmm. We still love you, but this stinks. And um, this is one of those things that doesn't work well in life. Yes. And I don't think you were ever bothered that I brought that up. You know, I've, I always felt that I need to be very open, not only because, you know, I mean, it's a very private thing, but it was also a very public thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, Facebook was one of those things where I felt, because there's people that I just, the only time I would see them would be on Facebook and I know they had questions. I know you only see a certain side of someone on, I mean, you reveal what you want, but it became more of a ministry to me. All right, we'll continue this conversation with Aaron. And when we come back here on the show, do check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. I choose to be taken seriously, to take a stand for what I believe in, to no longer believe the lies that have been told about me or my generation. I know I've been set apart. The old me has passed away, but the new me has come. Yes, I speak with purpose in my words. Yeah, they travel far and they dig deep. See, these words that I speak when I speak turn into seeds that fall on the fertile ground. And when the rain comes, (laughs) when the rain comes, that what you thought was there will rise from the ground. And not just rise from the ground, but rise strong and powerful, unafraid and unashamed. See, I rise from the ground when my back is against the wall. I rise when all else fails. I rise when people judge me and mistreat me. I rise when my friends turn away. I rise. I am that seed. I rise. What about you? 
Rise Youth Conference, April 28th and 29th at Pathways Church in Appleton. Learn more at riseyouthconference.com. That's riseyouthconference.com. Hi, I'm Luke. I couldn't go a day without using. I couldn't function without using. When I came into Teen Challenge, God restored everything that was lost and broken, and I became a whole new man. Hi, this is I Am Bay. Teen Challenge helps both teens and adults find freedom from addictions to drugs and alcohol. You can call Teen Challenge toll-free at 1-855-END-ADDICTION or visit them online at teenchallengeusa.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us this week for this special edition of HopeNet Radio. And if you miss any part of the show or you'd like to share it with your friends, we hope you do that. You can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Just visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And away you go. You can download it on just about any tablet, any any device that you listen to podcasts on, any service, we have iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, we're all on there. And you can download past episodes, share them with your friends, and even find some show notes about each episode right there. HopeNet360.com slash podcast is the link. And tonight we do have a special episode of HopeNet Radio going on. Dave had a chance to sit down with Erin to share her story through tragedy. She faced incredible tragedy in her life, someone that followed God for many years, and suddenly life changed. And it changed not for the better, but in a way that impacted her and her family for the rest of, well, her life. So let's go back. Here's Dave with Erin. Hi, we're here today talking to Erin about some very interesting things that happened to her life. The first week was pretty much a blur. Mm-hmm. And your husband obviously um, died that day at the hand of this gunman. Both, yeah, my husband and my daughter both. The bottom line is I have God in my life and hope, and that is the key of me moving forward every day. I have two children. I never imagined my life without John. Facebook was one of those things where I felt, because there's people that I just, the only time I would see them would be on Facebook, and I know they had questions. I know you only see a certain side of someone on, I mean, you reveal what you want, but it became more of a ministry to me, and I learned just to be honest and to put things out there that, I mean, you'll never understand unless you go through it. You can never, you know, when you're in mourning, you kind of feel like you're all alone, I mean, there's people that come alongside you, but they can never feel what you feel. And it's not always easy to explain how you feel because it's just one of those really, really deep things. But do you expect somebody else to understand it? How how is it that somebody would help you? I mean, how is it when you look retrospect? I don't think people understand like that you feel like, they probably feel like, you know, what can I do? What can I do? And I remember... My dad would say, so-and-so, I want to help you with this and with that. And, you know, it's overwhelming because you're like, oh, I don't even know what I need. You know, I at the right. time, I just, I don't even know. You know, I'm just trying to maybe get a shower in today, eat something, you know, like you're just doing the next thing all right. the time. So I learned to be honest and tell people what I need and take the help. And I'd say, you have no idea when you send me a, a text saying, hey, Aaron, I'm praying for you. I'm like, that is huge. That is huge because I think as time goes on, 
you know, when the funeral's over, when all the hype is down, um, that is when you need the most help is because you are learning to live life without them. Right. And you see everybody else's lives moving on and as they should normally and your your life has been broken. Mm-hmm. And I find that is like the most important time mm-hmm. to reach out and to never stop asking because there's days where you're going to say, yes, I'm up for this and days that you're just, I'm not and you just never know. It's, yeah. it's such a roller coaster. You know, I was um, reading in the book of Job and we know Job had a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. Not unsimilar in many respects. It wasn't obviously a a gun, but it certainly was Satan doing right. his thing, and he knew how to do it. Um, and he had a rough day. One of the interesting things for me in that story was what Satan seemed to be attacking was the idea of love. In other words, he came to God and he said, you know, Job loves you, God, because his life is good. Right. And God said, bring it on, pal. He loves me. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, this is my own version, by the way, the bring it on, pal <laughs> thing. But before you know it, there was this war going on between Satan and God, and Job was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Now, as I'm reading this story, I'm trying to think, Job, you got to know what's going on here. You know, you're missing it. It's not just, but Job handled it so well. I mean, he loved God, and it showed. He understood that he could have been on display, and he was. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron, I, I can't help but think that that moment in history, and even today as we talk, you're on display. Mm-hmm. To the, to the angels, to everyone else, do you actually love God and trust him or don't you? And that's what happened to Job. And, and I'm proud of you personally because I, I enjoy talking to you every time we talk. I, I come away encouraged thinking there's somebody, unfortunately, that had to go through a Job moment, but they know God and they love God. And I'm proud of you personally for that. But then I go down the road a little bit. And you know what Job's friends, his good friends, even though they gave him lousy advice down the road, yeah. But they came and what did they do with them first? They just sat with them. They didn't say a word. I think it was for seven days. They sat with them and didn't say a word. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, is that how you help someone you care about deeply? You, you go share with them their, their grief for a moment. You just sit with them. They know you're there. They know you care. Mm-hmm. And what else can someone say? They, they can't say something that's going to bring John back. They can't say something that's going to heal the goofiness that went on. Right. But they can sit with you. Is is that accurate? Is that something that... Yeah. I've gained a lot of new friends through this. I've lost some friends. Not lost, lost, but more, you know, they've backed away because they don't know how to deal yeah. with that. And it's too hard for them or they just, they're too afraid to say anything. And you have people that come alongside you and they they listen and they encourage and... You know, I've had people say pretty stupid things <laughs> to I'll me. Bet, I'll bet you have. And you just, that's where the grace comes in. And you're like, you know, they don't get it. And they mean well. You have to leave it at that. I used to feel, I mean, I still do, like the white elephant in the room. The She's the one that that happened to. You know, yeah. I feel like that's always going to be attached to me, you know. But I'm also me. I'm still Aaron. I'm, I've been changed, obviously. But I want people to see me as who I am in Christ and not that's Aaron with that awful tragedy attached to her. And I don't know. I always feel like because of the the community and the churches and all those people that have, you know, like out of the blue, be like, I've been praying for you. I've not stopped praying for you. And 
I mean, even from a distance, those they carry you, you know, it just, it means so much. And I'm like, you don't even have to do anything but pray. And that is the biggest thing. Yeah, And sometimes, as you know, when your friends start talking like Job's did, they don't help you that much. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, three out of four of his friends didn't give him very good advice. Some do though. But, but in reality, Job's friends never got it. They kept thinking, Job, you did something wrong here. Right. And that never was the case. By the end of it, Job had to be frustrated in every way. I mean, he, he still loved God, He still, but my goodness, his friends didn't seem to know God and didn't yeah. seem to really understand the situation and mm-hmm. understand what was going on. His wife certainly didn't, and that was a you know, yeah. tough one. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, though, eventually, things got to where God just said, okay, enough, and Job learned his lessons. Even In the process, here's what's amazing to me, after all those chapters at the end of the book of Job, then, then Job... I can't figure out his exact problem, but he really got God upset about something. And I think this was it. I think his friends were telling him, you know, you, you deserve all this or something. And Job eventually said, no, I think God just picked me out randomly and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. All right. And that sounds noble. But then God went three chapters on telling him I'm not random. Mm-hmm. I'm not random. This wasn't just a random act of God. And at the end of it, Job said, surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to understand. Therefore, I repent and dust and ash. I'm thinking at the end of the book, he's repenting. You know I mean? It's like, oh my goodness. And then God says, okay, lesson learned, let's go on. And now he actually doubled his fortune. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. This might be a difficult episode to be listening to, especially if you face tragedy in your life. And sometimes those feelings end up coming back up, and you would just like to just maybe talk to somebody right now about what you're feeling, what's going on in your life, what's going on in your mind, maybe in your heart. You can chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Find hope, find support, find someone right now that cares about you, that loves you, that would love to just listen to what's going on in your life. Now we're going to go back to Dave with his interview with Aaron. So let's listen in. Hi, we're here today talking to Aaron about some very interesting things that happened to her life. The first week was pretty much a blur. Mm-hmm. And your husband obviously um, died that day at the hand of this gunman. Both, yeah, my husband and my daughter both. The bottom line is I have God in my life and hope. And that is the key of me moving forward every day. I have two children. You know, I never imagined my life without John. You know, I was um, reading in the book of Job and we know Job had a rough go of it. But then God went three chapters on telling him, I'm not random. Mm-hmm. I'm not random. This wasn't just a random act of God. And, and at the end of it, Job said, surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to understand. Therefore, I repent and dust and ash. I'm thinking at the end of the book, he's repenting. You know I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And then God says, okay, lesson learned, let's go on. And mm-hmm. now he actually doubled his fortune. And some say, well, he gave him 10 more kids. He doubled his kids because his kids were still alive. They just weren't with him at this moment. Mm-hmm. So he, he doubled everything and life went on. At that point, mm-hmm. I'm sure he missed his children. I'm sure of it. I'm sure there were, you know, all of those things. But what's really interesting is how God worked in his life, even through the tragedy, mm-hmm. plus used his life as a platform. And in the end, I am positive of this, that Job was not sorry he trusted God. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure of that. Now, let me ask you a question. 
Before this tragedy happened, I'm sure that you felt like you knew God, you understood God, you loved God. Now, this is a while after the tragedy. What did you learn? Did you learn anything that you thought you knew that now you know? You don't have to answer that if you want. I don't want to put you on the spot here. But if nothing else, could you summarize what you've learned in the last year or so about yourself and God and, you know, if you're comfortable sharing that? Uh, I'd say before this happened, I'm a very anxious person. I've always dealt with anxiety, worrying when you don't have to worry because you're not, you know, one of those. I feared death. I feared, even though like I knew where I was going, you know, I still feared, you know, how, um, the unknown, I guess you could say. And I didn't trust God fully. You know, I remember John and I would have many conversations about this and He'd always be like, yeah, whatever, I'm ready to go. You know, I'd be like, well, I don't know how you do that, you know. And now when you go through something where, I mean, this was one day life was normal and the next day your life is completely changed in blink of an eye, just like that. I've learned that you cannot worry, you know what the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow. It's like, yeah, I get that now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you You live for for today and I am grateful for today and I am more trusting. I pray about everything, you know, everything. And once I give it to him, it's it's like, you know, Lord, you, I've seen your work. I've seen, you've been showing me faithfulness. You don't even have to, but you, you've shown me. And, you know, I think my, I've definitely learned to trust him more mm. in my walk and in my children. You know, I'm very, very honest with my kids and, you know, from the very beginning, I remember talking to my son and I was still in the hospital and they would come in from time to time. And and the first thing, a real conversation was, Ezra, there's nothing that you can't ask me. You know, there's, you know, whatever you need to ask me. And he asked me some pretty tough questions in the beginning for a, a young boy. And, you know, I think that just having that openness with me, and talking about things of the Lord with him and saying, no, it isn't, it doesn't feel fair at all to, because there's times, there's things all the time that come up with father-son things or Mm. that he overheard a conversation not too long ago about somebody saying, oh, we're going to go home and surprise your dad with this. And he said, mom, you know, that just really, really hurts me, you Mm. know, to hear that. And, you know, I say, yeah. I I hear you, Ezra. I feel the same way. Anytime there's anything with married couples or events or seeing girls Olivia's age or, you know, I said it, it hurts. It definitely hurts. And I don't know, it's just learning to let them deal with that in such an open way. You know, and I think it's so critical that you're allowing them to have the emotions and not mm-hmm. telling them everything's good, you know, dads and have I mean, it, it, I think it's, it's vital. I've seen your children and I've interacted with them and I enjoy them. You're doing something very right. They're fun to talk to mm-hmm. and they seem to be adjusting well to me. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I only get a very limited glimpse of it, but mm-hmm. in, the, in the same respect, to be able to grieve is important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. Christians like to put on this pretend cloak, like, right. man, you, you shouldn't be hurting. And look, God does love me, and sin does cause tragedy. And really, we were talking about this a little earlier off the air, that really the the sadness and the tragedy of life is not something we have to dismiss because it's there. Sin, separation, death, sickness, those are not fun things. 
But we don't have to not have sadness in order to have joy. Right. They, they coexist, don't they? They do. They do. You know, I always feel like even though you made me see me having joy and that joy is from the Lord, there's always pain behind that joy. Why do we have pain? Because because we love, right. you know, and, but you can still have joy. You can still have happiness with that pain. I think that's something I've, I've definitely learned through this, through mourning, through grief is the first time after this happened. And I remember feeling some joy. I felt guilty. There was a sense of guilt. Cause I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this yeah. way. Yeah. You know, I've, I don't know. Hey, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You loved John and Olivia dearly. Yeah. So you're in pain because of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would it have better for you not to have loved them? No. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. And that's what we have to adjust to and understand is mm-hmm. that all love causes pain. Yeah. It does. You cannot love somebody. And somebody in your position, you could put up a wall in front of yourself and say, I am never going to allow myself to hurt this much again. So I'm not going to love people again. I'm not going to, that would be tragic. And there are people listening to us to do that. Mm -hmm. They've been through a pain they've been through tragedy and they, they determine I will never let that happen again. And what's happening is they are so much more in pain now because now they're in pain in a way that there's no resolution for where where in your pain, it's there because you love, there is no way to love without pain, no way. And, And so one of the very important things to do is allow that pain to be there so that you can experience real love. And when the tragedies of life happen, is not to pretend they're not tragic. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me ask you this as we talk, do you have hope for the future? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There are people Mm -hmm. today that don't. Mm-hmm. Why do you have hope? What do they need to do to have hope like you have? Well, there's only one thing, <laughs> one man through Jesus. You know, when you feel like you have nothing left, when I was in the hospital and I was broken, broken in every way, my body was broken, my spirit was broken, my family was broken. I felt absolutely helpless to my children. There was nothing I could do. And yet, because of Jesus, in my life because of God, I had the hope of Christ. And I knew this wasn't the last time I wasn't going to see them. You know, even though it hurts, you know, it doesn't make like things easier per se. It just, I know this is the worst it's going to get for me. That this is the worst it's going to get. Hey, as you're listening tonight, if you have a thought or just something you'd like to share with us on the show, we would love to hear from you. Our tweetback is going on right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also send us an email. You can be a little bit more anonymous about what you want to share with us or just be a little bit more personable. You can email Dave and myself anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Aaron's story here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff DW with you on our special edition here of HopeNet Radio. What an incredible story Aaron's been sharing with us. And especially in life, we we often are faced, every single person is faced with experiences that we oftentimes do not know 
how to process them correctly. We, we need someone to help us to walk through life together. And so hopefully as you're listening to the show tonight, this is encouraging you. Maybe you're listening and you faced an incredible obstacle like what Erin has faced in her life and you'd like to share that with us. Let us know. You can share it with us at hope at hopenet360.com or on Twitter. Just jump on there, send us a message. You can do a direct message at HopeNet Radio or on Facebook, whatever you prefer. Just reach out, get a hold of us. We'd love to hear your story and see if you could share it with us here on HopeNet Radio. We love to tell stories of hope and especially hope that comes from the fire going literally through the worst of worst times and you see how God has worked. So without further ado, we're going to go back to Dave and Aaron and hear the rest of the interview tonight. Hi, we're here today talking to Aaron about some very interesting things that happened to her life. The first week was pretty much a blur. Mm-hmm. And your husband obviously died that day. The bottom line is I have God in my life and hope, and that is the key of me moving forward every day. You know, I was um, reading in the book of Job, and we know Job had a rough go of it. But then God went three chapters on telling him I'm not random. And, and at the end of it, Job said, surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to understand. Because of Jesus in my life, because of God, I had the hope of Christ. You know, even though it hurts, it doesn't make things easier per se. I know this is the worst it's going to get for me. This is the worst it's going to get. And yeah. I was in the palm of God's hand that day. You know, I, I almost died myself. And God kept me alive. He's got a purpose for me. And for my kids and for this whole story, I mean, this whole event that happened, you know, it's that they did not die in vain. Their lives will live out because of what God has done in their life and what he's doing in my life and in my kid's life. It'd be easy just to go home and do absolutely, you know, live in a fetal position. And I mean, we have days that we just need to rest and do that and but I know that, especially my children, you know, it, they need to see me move forward. And if they don't see me move forward, how are they going to move forward and see the work? You know, I, I don't know. I've just seen so much neat things that the Lord has done this past year and a half. We have a big God and he is, he's just all you need. And I don't know how people in life do it without him. You just can't. You just can't. You know, I, I, Psalm 91 says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. It's being close enough to God to rest in the shadow, to realize that nothing will touch you, mm-hmm. that he can't sustain you through. Right. And the, the truth of the matter is, all of us will go through tragedy. All of us, this life is a vapor. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a day someday, Aaron, where you're reunited with your family. Mm-hmm. And this life will seem like a vapor to you. And in that moment, you will be so thankful that you loved God and that you loved your family. And that's the hope that we're offering anybody. I'm telling you, if you're listening today and you don't know God and you don't know Jesus, there is no hope for you. And we invite you to contact us and allow us to help walk you through understanding this love that surpasses tragedy. Because that's the only thing that gets you through tragedy in life. There is no other way to do it. I can't imagine going through what you went through or things in life that I've gone through in a godless universe that had no meaning. This would be a terrible situation with no resolution. And that's not the case. And I don't see that in you. and And I don't see it in my life or anybody who loves God. And at the same point, we're not thrilled about the stonings or beatings or cuttings in half or anything that's happened through history. Mm -hmm. And yet we know we'll win at the end 
of this one, and it will seem like a vapor one day. Mm-hmm. Amen. A- anything else, Aaron? You'd like to share with the, the listeners? Mm. Favorite recipe? No. <laughs> <laughs> We won't go back to the Chinese thing. Um, We're going to stay away from it. (laughs) I guess, you know, what has gotten me through, you just need to stay in the the word. You know, if you are a believer and that, you know, it always comes down to just trusting him, trusting that God has a purpose in it all and to embrace where you're at and to let the Lord use it in a way that will be glorifying to him. And that has been my prayer from the beginning. Lord, this, if, if there's any way that you want to use me in this, you be glorified because there's, I am here today. I am moving forward in life and all because of him. And we are so glad that you would spend some time sharing your story. And, and we pray that God will use this and help and encourage people, spur people on to do some thinking. I tell you, I'm so thankful that God loved us, that he separated himself from his son for a while to be crucified. Yes. For us, you watched your husband get murdered by somebody, and so did God Mm -hmm. watch his son get murdered, unduly, Mm -hmm. by the way, for us, so that we could have a way to him. And I want to encourage those listening, if you have not taken that first step where you accept God's love for you through Jesus who died for you, you'll have no hope. And I want you to have hope, and I know Aaron does as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us here on this special edition of HopeNet Radio. That is all for us here on the show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was a touching testimony of really how good God truly is in spite of tragedy. And you can find these and past episodes for free. You can download the podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Every episode has show notes available, so follow the same link. You'll find the post. You'll find the content there. You can find some more information about each of our guests. You can also check out videos, different links that we share for different episodes as well. So that link again, hopenet360.com slash podcast. And of course, from all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time.